Okay, we are on the top of 10b, Yud Amud Bet. Um, we are on this topic of even if it looks like there's no hope, still pray to God and salvation um, can come through. So that's what we're talking about, and um, we're going to teach a, have a, a teaching like this. Even if the master of dreams. So this is a reference to a dream that one may have that has a... Um, that has a legitimate that that is legitimate that is actually coming to tell you something. So even if the master of dreams, so some sort of divine message, Omer Lola Adam tells a person, the Machar Humes, the next day he is going to die. Al Yimna Atzmomin Harachamim, do not hold back from um, God's mercy, meaning pray to God. Shenemar, as the verse says very clearly, Ki barov chalamos v'chavolim u'dvarim harbei, ki es ha'elokim yira. For with all of the many dreams and the vain prophecies and many words, only fear God. So no matter what may be told to you, fear God, pray to God, and things can turn out all right. Um, so now we're going to go back to that discussion, the story of Chizkiyahu, who was told by um, the prophet that he was going to die. So let's see what he did. Miyad. So immediately, Chizkiyahu turned his face to the wall, and he prayed to God. My care, what does that mean, that he faced the wall? Amr of Shimbin Lakish, Rav Shimbin Lakish explains, Mikiros Libo. He prayed from the walls of his heart. And now we have a proof that the word wall could be used as reference to the heart, to the walls of the heart. Shinemar, as the verse says, May I, may I, Ochila, my insides, my insides tremble, Kiros Libi, the walls of my heart. Another explanation as to what this means when Chizki, it says that Chizkiyahu prayed, face the wall. Rabbi Levi Omer, Rabbi Levi says, al iske hakir. It means that he prayed on the dealings of the wall, which is a reference to the to the base Hamikdash, to the Holy Temple in Jerusalem. Omar Lefanov. In other words, Chizkiyahu was saying to God, Ribono Shalola, Master of the Universe, Umashu Namishlo Asasa, Elakir Achas Kitana. So take a look at this Isha Shunamis, this Shunamite woman, who all she did was made one wall. Hechayesa as and you brought her son back to life. So what this is a reference to is this woman, this Shunamite, this Shunamite woman, who would, um, who basically saw that Elisha the prophet would um, pass by her home and was in need of lodging often. So she basically put up a wall to give him private space for lodging in her home. And because of that um, wonderful deed that she did for Elisha, um, when her son had died, God brought her the son back to life. So if you, God, were willing to bring a child back to life because of this woman that put up one wall, Avi Abba, so then my grandfather, referring to King Solomon, Shechifa Zahechel Kulo, Bakesev Uzahav, who who um, covered the entire temple with gold and with silver, then for sure you should give me life in the um, for the sake of my great-grandfather, uh, for the sake of King Solomon. Zecharna, uh, now we're going to actually quote Chizkiyahu's prayer to God. Zecharna, remember God. How I walked before you, with truth and with a full heart. 
which is good in your eyes, I did. So the Gemara is going to ask, what does that mean when we say, that which was good in your eyes, I did? What does it mean when Cheskyo says, I did what was good in your eyes? Amarav Yehuda, Amarav Yehuda says in the name of Rav, it means that Cheskyo was careful to put the redemption blessing right before saying Shemona Esrei, right before saying the Amida. So this brings us all the way back to why we started this whole discussion of Chizkiyahu is because of this, because we were in the middle of talking about juxtaposing redemption and the Amida prayer. And now we see that this Chizkiyahu was hoping would stand in his good stead. Another explanation of what this means when Chizkiyahu said, um, and that which was good in your eyes I did, Omar, Rebbe Levi, Omar Rebbe Levi says, Shegonaz Sefer Refuos. This means that Chizkiyahu hid the book of healings. There was a book in existence that basically um, gave remedies for all of the different afflictions and maladies that people go through, and people were dependent on this book instead of praying to God. And Chizkiyahu was trying to change a culture that had veered from God, trying to change that culture so he hid, permanently hid that book of healing so that people would pray to God in their moment of need. Okay, we are now at Tanu Rabbanon, one, two, three, four, four lines down in the um, the wider lines, not the widest, but the wider lines, and that's where we are. Okay, Tanu Rabbanon, so now that we finished talking about, now that we just spoke about two things that Chizkiyahu seemed to have done that God would have been pleased with, we're now going to talk about some things, other things that Chizkiyahu did, and if the sages were pleased or not with, with those actions. Tan Rabbanon, the rabbis taught us, Shisha Dvarim, Asa, Chizkiyahu, Hamalach. There were six things that Chizkiyahu did. Al Shlosha Haudulo, Al Shlosha Lo Haudulo. The sages agreed with three of the things, and the sages did not agree with the other three things. Al Shlosha Haudulo. The following were the three that the sages agreed to. Gona Sefer Refuos Vahodulo. He hid the Book of Healings, which I already explained, and they agreed to that. Kitas nechash hanachoshes v'hodulo, he broke or he completely ground up the copper serpent and the sages agreed to this. So this is a reference to a serpent that existed from the days when the Jewish people were in the desert. So I said this is going back to the time that the Jewish people were in the desert and there was a point in time where a plague was brought against the Jewish people for what they did. Um, they spoke rebelliously against God and against Moshe. And um, the only way to get healing from this plague and to not die in this plague was um, the command, God commanded um, Aaron, actually, uh, Moshe's brother, to fashion a serpent. Um, to fashion a serpent. And this serpent, the statue of a serpent, and basically anybody that looked at the serpent would be healed um, and not die in the plague. Now, what was happening was, is people started to think that this serpent had its power. Really, the point was, is you'd look up to the serpent, which was high up in the air, and then you'd um, call out to God. But what people ended up thinking was that this serpent had its own powers. They started worshiping it as an idol. So Chizkiyahu got rid of it, completely destroyed it, and that the sages agreed to. Um, and then the last one, that they agreed to was Gir Atzmos Aviv Almita Shalchaval and Vahodulo. He dragged the bones of his father on a bed made of ropes and they agreed to him. 
They agreed with him, I'm sorry. So Chizkiyahu's father was an evil, wicked king by the name of Ahaz. And he, um, what Chizkiyahu did is when he died, Chizkiyahu wanted to make sure that the entire culture of the Jewish people changed. So he wanted to show in tremendous disrespect to his wicked father. So instead of dragging him in a royal fashion and on a very prestigious fashion um, to his burial, to, 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 the, to, the, to his burial place, Instead, he dragged them on this bed of ropes, which was very demeaning and disrespectful, and the sages agreed to that, to show that this deserves to be, um, this deserves to be disrespect. He deserves to be disrespected for the wickedness and evil that he brought to the Jewish people. And then there were three things that Chizkiyahu did that the sages did not agree with him. Number one, one is there were springs that went into Jerusalem, and and when the Assyrians came to attack uh, Jerusalem and the Jewish people, Chizkiyahu stopped up the springs so that the Assyrians would not have a source of water. Um, that's what Chizkiyahu thought would be the strategic plan. The sages disagreed and said, you shouldn't have done that. You should have had faith in God, that God would have protected us as God had promised. The next one, Kitzes Daltsos Heichal. He cut off the doors of the temple, these big, beautiful golden doors, and he sent them to the Assyrian king, and again, the sages did not agree with him. So again, this is with the Assyrians. Um, Chizkiyahu um, was rebelled. Chizkiyahu, and the, uh, under Chizkiyahu, the Jewish people rebelled against the Assyrians. And when the Assyrians quashed that rebellion and said that they will only um, retreat from the city, if, if the Jewish people give them this massive tribute and all that could be found after getting all the gold and silver to even come close to being able to pay that tribute was to take the golden doors off of the temple, which obviously were very costly. Um, so Chizkiyahu did that in order to appease the Assyrian king. The sages said, no, you shouldn't have done that. You should have trusted in God and God would have taken care of us. And the last one is Iber Nisan Benisan Velo Hodulo. Um, he, Chizkiyahu made an extra month of the year in Nisan, and the sages did not agree to it. So this will require a very brief um, discussion of the Jewish leap year. So the Jewish year has 354 days because it's a lunar calendar. At the same time, Pesach is supposed to be in the spring. So that will get mixed up all every once in a while because... Um, because there's 365 years in the solar year, so there'll there'll be year. If you were to go just with the lunar calendar, um, eventually Pesach will not be in the spring. Every couple of years, um, you would no longer have Pesach in the spring, and then you'd have to wait again. It's it just wouldn't end up being in the spring. So therefore, what we do is is we have a system. Um, the system is is that every once in a while we add an extra month to the Jewish calendar in order to keep up with the solar calendar, in order to make sure that Pesach is during the spring. And we add an extra month by adding one extra month at the end of the year. So the last year of the biblical Jewish calendar is Adar. So we add a second Adar. What we're saying here is Chizkiyahu at one point um, wanted to make the year longer, um, it was for religious reasons and very appropriate religious reasons. But what he did was, is he waited until the year started already, until Adar was over and Nisan, 
the first of the biblical Jewish month, Nisan, the Nisan had already came, and at that point he added another month to the previous year, which in essence, once Nisan started, the new year had started, which in essence made Nisan the second month of the year. And that the sages were not happy with because they felt you can only add a month to the year if it's still in the previous year. You cannot add a month. You cannot add a month once you've started the new year. And that's what happens. Now the question is, is how could Chizkiyahu have done this? Chizkiyahu was righteous and tried to do everything properly. And this isn't just the rabbis that disagree with this. this and this isn't just one opinion that disagrees with this. Everybody disagreed with this because you're not allowed to do what Chizkiyahu did. So the question is, is Does Chizkiyahu not agree to the verse which says, forget the rabbis, the verse says that this month shall be to you the beginning of the months, which is a reference to Zen Nisan ve'en Acher Nisan. Um, this is a reference to Nisan, and no other month can be Nisan. So the first year of the month has to be Nisan. And what Chizkiyahu did was basically make the first year of the month this, this extra month, and then Nisan will become the second month in direct transgression of what the Torah says, that Nisan must be the first month every single year. So how could Chizkiyahu have done something like this, even if it was for good reason? So rather it must be, Ella ta'a be the Shmuel. Rather, it must be that the mistake he made was um, regarding Shmuel's ruling. The Omar Shmuel, because Shmuel said, You cannot even add a month to the Jewish year on the 30th day of Adar. The Jewish months can either have 29 or 30 days. So what we're saying is, what Shmuel is saying is, is that already on the th if you already have hit the 30th day of Adar, you can no longer add a month to the year, okay? Because it's already considered um, like the first of Nisan, so you can no longer um, add a month to the year. Why not? Because it's eligible. It's uh, it's eligible to be designated already as the month of Nisan. The 30th day of a month can be the first of the new month or the last day of the old month. So because it's eligible already to be the month of Nisan, it's considered like the month of Nisan, and therefore you would no longer be allowed to make a new month once you got to a second, another month in the year once you get to that point. That's what Shmuel said. And that's where Chizkiyahu made his mistake. He said, I don't, he said, Savar, he felt, we say just because it's eligible to be the month of Nisan, being that it wasn't actually, it ended up just being the 30th day of Adar, I'm allowed to make a new month. So he was mistaken for doing that, but it wasn't a contradiction of the verse per se. It was just a misunderstanding and an argument with Shmuel's opinion. So that is what happened there. Um, those were the three things that the sages did not agree that, um, with Chizkiyahu when he did them. Okay, at this point we are at the colon. Um, on 10b, the I believe it's the first colon. Yeah, first colon. Omer Rabbi Yochanan. So now that we, um, now that we're in the middle of talking about, we're still talking about Chizkiyahu. Um, we're going to continue talking about the prayer of Chizkiyahu and that whole episode where he prayed for mercy. Omer Rabbi Yochanan Mishum Rabbi Yosei ben Zimra. Rabbi Yochanan said in the name of Rabbi Yosei ben Zimra, Kol Hatola Bischus Atzmo, Tolin Lo Bischus Acherim. Anyone who depends on his own merit merit in prayer will end up having to depend on the merit of others. 
anyone that depends on someone else's merit in prayer, will end up being dependent on their own merit in order for their prayers to be fulfilled. So we're going to give an example. Moshe, Moshe he depended, depended on the merit of others in his prayers. For example, Shinemar, as the verse says, Remember Avraham, this is Moshe speaking, remember Avram, Yitzchak and Yaakov, your servants, and therefore do good. That was Moshe's prayer, invoking the merit of others. Most of the fulfillment of his prayer ended up being dependent on his own merit. Shinemar, as the voice, as the, as, I'm sorry, Shinemar, as the verse says, Vayomer lehashmidam, and God spoke to destroy the Jewish people. Lule Moshe Vichiro were not for Moshe, the chosen one of God, Omad Baparetz Lifanov, who stood in the breach before who stood in the breach before God, to turn away God's anger from destroying the Jewish people. So we see that the prayer was ultimately answered because of the merit of Moshe. And the converse, Chizkiyahu talab is Chizkiyahu, um, dependent on his own merit and prayer. As the verse says, we, we already mentioned this, remember please, that which, how I walked before you, so it ended up being that he, the fulfillment of his prayer became dependent on the merit of others. Shenemar, as the verse says, el hazos, and I will shield this city to save it for my sake. So this is God speaking for my sake, Luman David Avdi, and for the sake of David, my servant. So the prayer was answered not in Chizkiyahu's merit, even though he asked for it in his merit. It ended up being answered in the merit of King David and others. And this goes very well with that which Rabbi Shuh ben Levi said. The Amr Rabbi Shuh ben Levi, for Rabbi Shuh ben Levi said, What does it mean um, when, it, when it's written? This is in um, Chizkiyahu, has this whole narrative where basically he thanks God for salvation. And one part he says, So behold, there's peace, but it's very bitter for me. So why would that be bitter if there's peace? So So in other words, what it's saying is, is even when God sends the Chizkiyahu peace, it was bitter because it didn't come by his own merit. It came through the merit of others. So that was bitter for him. That was hard for him to take. Okay, as we, um, as we shared earlier, um, Chizkiyahu in his prayer to God mentioned the wall, which may have been invoking the wall that the Shunammite woman put up in order to give a special place of lodging for Elisha the prophet. So now we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about that episode of the Shunammite woman. Nasena alias ir kitana. Nasena, sorry, we're at the uh, next colon. So Nasena alias ir kitana. Let's make an aliyah. An aliyah's kir, a small aliyah's kir. The word aliyah is almost like a second story, or like a, yeah, second story. Um, and a kir is a wall. So let us make a small second story wall. So Rav and Shmuel, and Rav and Shmuel argue, what exactly did they make for Elisha? Chad Omar, one says, aliyah furua hayasa vekeruha. 
One says that they had an uncovered, basically, um, they had an uncovered area on their second story. So it had walls, but it didn't have a roof. And they put up a roof, and that became um, Alicia's private lodging. The Chadamar one says, they had this large hall, and they divided it in two. One became family space, and one became um, Alicia's private lodging. So now we're going to ask, This makes sense according to the, the verse makes sense according to the one that says that they had this large hall, and they split it in half. That's why they said, that's why the verse says, put up a wall. Because that's all they needed to do is they put up a wall and now they had a room for Elisha. Elamanda Omar Aliyah, but according to the opinion that says that they had that they put a roof on top of the upper balcony on top of the upper story, my care, what does it mean they put up a wall? They didn't put up a wall, they put up a roof. So he answers Sheke Ruha. The word kir, which is the wall, can also be used for uh, to, can all, is also the word that's used to describe putting up a roof. Sheke ruha, they put up a roof, so it works out well. And now we're going to look at it the other way. Bishlama lamanda amar aliyah makes sense according to the one that said that they worked on the second story. alias. That's why it says the upper chamber, the alias. Remember that was one of the words there. Elamant amar achsaja, but according to the one that says that they had a hall that they just split in half, my alias, what does that mean that it was the second story or the upper or the upper chamber? So we say, Meula Shebebatim. It just, when it says the word aliyah can be mean upper, but it could also mean the best of. So what the, the verse was getting at was it was the best of their rooms that they gave to Elisha. Um, so I'm just looking at where we are right now. I'm thinking that because of time, so that this podcast does not get to be a 50-minute podcast, we'll stop here and we'll finish 10B in our next podcast um, because this is one of the longest pages in the entire Talmud that has a lot of uh, that ha just has a lot of things that need a, a bit of an extra explanation. So I thought we'd stop here, split it literally in half, and do the second half on. Friday. Um, I hope that's all right with everybody. So what we talked about was, is again, never, never stopping to pray, no matter how bad it seems. And we have proofs of that. Then we talked about, um, um, then we talked about what it was that Chizkiyahu did that was good. And then specifically, what did the sages agree, what the sages didn't agree to. Um, we learned about the book of healings and that serpent um, more, even more importantly, we, look, we learned about the concept of a leap year in the Jewish calendar. Um, and then we talked about how prayer works, that if you invoke your own merit, you'll end up having to rely on others. And if you invoke others, you'll end up, um, your fulfillment of your prayer will be reliant on you, on your merit. And we brought proofs going um, both ways. And then we started to talk about the story of the Shunammite woman who made a area, a space for Elisha in her home for him to lodge in. Um, we'll stop here for today. Have a great day.